Brought to you by Feitner Productions. From the Beyond Unreasonable Doubt Studios, in association with Feitner Productions, it's Laying Down the Law! With your host, Billy DeClerc. Hey, that's me. Yeah, that's right, Billy. That's you. <sighs> Featuring Torsten Hoynes, Sean Landry, and Pia Smith. Only a madman would dare to bring these people together to build a world of law and order, only to tear it apart with laughter. That madman is attorney Billy DeClerc. The result is a podcast blasted to the farthest reaches of the internet. That podcast is this one, and it starts right now. Welcome to Laying Down the Law, Earmark Edition, the law and comedy podcast hosted by me, Billy DeClerc. I'm what you get when you cross Supreme Court Justice John Paul Stevens with comedian Paul Rubens. Here in my very own Pee Wee's Courthouse, I am Billy DeClerc, and no, pants are not optional. I'd like to introduce my guests today. First, we have a new guest. He's a serial startup entrepreneur. Originally from Hamburg, Germany, he came to the U.S. to study communications at UCLA and stayed because he learned that in Santa Monica, you can wear Baderhosen in January. Currently, he's building an app called Twine, which is a friendship app. Twine makes finding good friends as simple as Yelp makes it to find good food. Um, can you put fake reviews in there? I'll have to find out. When he's not elbow deep in some new startup, he advises businesses and nonprofit organizations on brand development and strategy. He lives in the idyllic neighborhood of South Pasadena, and he's never done improv. Please welcome Torsten Hoynes. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, Baderhosen. Baderhosen in January. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's my cousin, you know. We are cousins. All right. Uh, welcome back, a returning guest. She's a costume designer with five stars on Poshmark. She's a comic, improviser, and actor from the Upright Citizens Brigade, star of Live Rude Girls at the Second City Hollywood and Law and Disorder, the legal comedy juggernaut, hosted by me, Billy D. Clerk. She can be seen in the films Listen, Water, and Willamay, the Church Lady Vampire Slayer, and most recently on... American Gangster Trap Queens on BET Plus. Please welcome the very hilarious and very talented Pia Smith. Oh my goodness, thank you. It's a pleasure to return. It's a pleasure to have you return. And finally, welcome back another returning host. She's an actor, writer, and teacher, and an expert improviser, a graduate of the Second City in Chicago, who studied with Stephen Colbert and performed at the Second City in Chicago. She starred in the movie Milk. She's a member of Landry and Summers. Uh, and I believe Summers is somewhere in the background doing quote unquote actual work or something uh, for a company that will not be named. She's also a star of the one woman show Flake and a recurring performer in the seniors improv comedy at the Pack Theater in L.A. Most recently, she's the founder of The Ledge, LA's premier Black woman-owned improv theater and training center. Centered on elevating underrepresented voices, she is Sean Landry. 
Well, hello, everybody. <laughs> Welcome. Oh, and that thing that Hans is doing in the background, it actually rhymes with Pfizer. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so he's selling Viagra? Yeah, well, I think he's been spamming my email. Yeah, he has. Um, he's a Nigerian prince. Uh, <laughs> he's a Nigerian prince who's German. <laughs> A German Nigerian prince. Let me go get some crystal geyser water. Hold on, yeah. I'll be back. He runs a geyser. Yes, he runs, he works for geyser. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Uh huh. Well, uh, um, I'm going to steal my nerves in that case. That's a reference. If anyone gets that, that's a deep cut reference. Hardcore deep cut. So I'm thrilled to have you all on the show. But first, a word from our sponsor. Thank you very much, and I hope you purchase that product and/or service in spades whatever it is it's going to be a great sponsor or it is a great sponsor they have um, poured tons of money into the production which is why we're all coming to you from a gold-plated studio on top of the tallest building in la yes we're coming out of uh russia out of the guy who just got uh pretty much arrested um we're coming out of his bathroom and his gold bidet mm -hmm. that's right we have uh we have so much money supporting this podcast that we actually are um we all flew here on private jets to meet in person together but we're in zoom at the same time just to kind of mix it up exactly we're all we're our own oligarchs that's right <laughs> that's right i had to leave the yacht in hamburg they left it there. They impounded the yacht. I know they impounded the yacht. You shouldn't have had so much as a as a you know heroin in there. It's just not smart. <laughs> it, it wasn't the heroin. It was it was Uncle Putin's money. It was Uncle Putin's anyway. money. We had many many copies of uh, of uh, of Richard Wagner's first editions Wagner. of the of the Ring series. This is what we're doing. We are keeping operas into the art. Uper Lieben Eger Nürnberg. That's that's the name of my that's the name of my new uh, my new aria. <laughs> oh, Eger Lieben Eger Nürnberg. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it means something somewhere. Uh, it's, I don't know no. if it's any or not, but it means something in my mind anyway. Only after 5 p.m. Only after 5 p.m. after four drinks. Yes. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Just really quick, I'm not going to be attempting any sort of like German accent or like German jokes or references. So I'm going to I'm going to keep the. I, I'm gonna keep the Koreatown real up in this piece. Okay. Well, see, I can see, I can go in cold back and forth, girl. Wow. Code switching see on the podcast. Saying? You got yeah, it. I'm I'm cold podcasting right now. I can I go from this right now to Ichliebe, dear darling. Yeah. Oh, thank you, schön. I'll do I'll do a cold switch when I when I feel like it, but I doubt it. Okay. <laughs> If you're owning an app, you don't want to have a code switching. That's a problem. Your Apple crash. Oh, who this? What? New telephone. What's this? What's this? What's this? Oh, my God. Oh, man. Okay. Interesting sketch idea. I think we got something. Oh, okay. We've got, we've got so much material, and we haven't even gotten into the contractual obligation to talk about the law. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Blake. My apologies. 
So this case is coming out of California, straight out of Burbank. It's a 1941 case called Owen versus Cohen, and it involves a bowling alley. Don't ask it, me which that's one. That's the rhyme, Owen versus Cohen. Owen yeah. versus Cohen, that's right. So Russ Owen and Israel Cohen formed a partnership. They had a written partnership agreement, and they were going to run a bowling alley. But just within a few months, things turned sour, and a lawsuit followed. Quick question. Mm-hmm. They were going to run a, a, an already existing bowling alley or they were going to build a bowling alley? Pia always has such good questions that I never know the answer. <laughs> Operation of a bowling alley business in Burbank, California. And the court didn't really care whether they owned it, but they did need to secure equipment. And for that reason, the plaintiff, Owen, loaned $6,986.63. That's a lot in that time. Mm-hmm. January 2nd, 1940 was when they, oh, I'm sorry. It was an oral agreement. It was not a written agreement. My, my mistake. Note, practice tip. Never, ever, ever form a partnership based upon an oral agreement. That is just... I mean, uh, me too. And the other thing is, if they give you a handshake. That's not a contract unless you tattoo it on your hand and then stamp it on a piece of paper and then go and get it signed. Uh, Plus, it's just unhygienic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially in times of COVID, you really don't want to do a handshake contract. Mm -mm. What what the what? Just a quick word to the wise. I often tell people when they are forming a partnership or they're going to go into business, I say, have a yellow notepad conversation. Just grab a yellow notepad, sit down together at a coffee shop or in someone's office and just brainstorm everything you're talking about, write it down, and then sign it. Sometimes it's on a whiteboard. All the techie people, I understand, they like to take a picture of the whiteboard. Yeah. But have something that at least, if you can't get to an, a written agreement right off the bat, at least have some notes or something because when shit turns sour. And it's gonna. And it will. Mm-hmm. It always does. You know, the only ship that can't sail is a partnership. Yep. And, oh. and here's the thing, in, the, in this day and age, being, you know, having board meetings, like if you start a company like mm-hmm. I have, um, your board meetings, you write everything down, meeting notes, the whole nine yards. And in these times of pandemic and Zoom, um, your best, even if you can't do that, then you record your board meeting. Mm-hmm. So you can take notes from the board meeting everybody's on the on p's and q's and then you get that notarized it, it's it's safer it's easier and yeah don't be a dumbass don't do a trump shake <laughs> well as sean knows because uh, the ledge is a fully formed 501c3 nonprofit accepting donations right now at www the ledge theater that's spelled with the t-r-e at the end the ledge theater dot org Orgy or or people can basic basically you can get on almost at this point um in the juncture you can get on to any of you can you can literally get on Amazon Smile mm-hmm. buy some stuff off of Amazon and money comes to the Ledge Theater or you can get on PayPal because we are officially a nonprofit on PayPal or you can get on to uh onto, oh, what is that? Any of the social media uh, crowdfunding. And for charity, you can get on there. You can get onto Microsoft at this point. So it's basically as easy as tweeting how much of an ally you are. You don't even actually need to do shit. You can just choose, just check a box and passively support. 
You can buy some motherfucking vitamins off of exactly. Amazon Smile. Exactly. <laughs> That's what we we support. Effortless allyship is what we fucking support. Exactly. A podcast. Just, exactly. You know, we're gonna just give it. You can buy a you can buy a fucking Donald Trump hat out of irony <laughs> off of Amazon Smile, and it comes to the Ledge Theater. That is what our charity. That yeah. is something that. that we that that we can get behind. It's just putting in no effort at all. Jesus yeah, Christ. Zero, yeah. zero effort. You know, yeah. and I get when that. Melania Trump buys her own NFT tea back she yeah could have, she could have supported the ledge theater that it's, would have been great i would have loved right. that on top of this bullshit yeah. i i, I oh, love wow. i love irony donations yeah, uh, irony, donations. For irony donations <laughs> you know that here's the thing is that money does not give a shit who owns it it pretty much pretty much so we, you know, we're good with we're good with uh the ledge having a lot of it yeah, well, we're looking at getting our own space. That's our new fundraising. That's awesome. Which is our own space in Los Angeles. As much as I love the Lyric Hyperion, mm-hmm. as much as I love them all, the Ledge Theater needs its own space mm-hmm. uh, and its own space to do nonstop programming. So that's what we're shooting for right now. Okay. Uh, you just helped me uh, coin a term, a fantastic term, I think. I um, had a, was in a partnership. And uh, I borrowed money from the partner to keep our business going, but he lent it to me at a at fifteen percent interest. Right? Wow. It's, yeah, it's a it's a it's a long it's a long story. So I'm going to be very interested in bad partnership things here, whatever. But long story short, right? I'm going to call it irony interest because the irony was that he was supposed to raise the money. <laughs> it is irony interest. I think it's other, called irony interest. The other yeah. word you could use it is usury. usury. Yeah, that. Yes, I... <laughs> it's a usurious interest rate. <laughs> um, but Mr. Owen did not charge a usurious interest rate. He loaned the whopping sum of $6,986.63. And the parties agreed, again, this handshake oral agreement, that Owen was going to get paid back from the profits of the bowling alley business. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. One of the definitions of a partnership is that you have two people. One has experience and the other one has money. And by the time the partnership is over, they've switched places. Mm. Here's the thing. I want to go into any kind of business agreement where both parties have both knowledge and dough. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it never hurts. Uh, but you know, when you're starting to switch back and forth, you know, it's like who who is in charge here? Who who is giving out the funds and all that? Man, what? <laughs> this is this is why people like notaries exist because humans are assholes, mm-hmm. basically. Basically, and the moral of the story before we even start is humans are fucking assholes. So that's actually on page um, 156. It's actually the the word. Yeah, it it was in 1940. You know, the word asshole wasn't really a thing, but it became Mm -hmm. a thing during this court case. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I believe it. um, I believe in um, 1940, the word would have been a horse's patoot. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me tell you, really fast talking people talking like this. Oh my uh, goodness. Oh, oh, you're, you're a no good dirty dealer. You're a double you're a, crosser. Yeah. You're a donkey's bum. Oh, duck, 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 duck. Let's listen to some Glenn Miller. 
for the first three and a half months, the business operated at a profit. The bowling alley opened March 15th, 1940. And through and until June 28th, 1940, they were making a profit. Yay. All right. So they paid off part of the debt that Owen had loaned. And each of them took a salary of $50 a week. But pretty soon after the business opened, they started to have differences of opinion regarding management and their rights and duties under the agreement. Their lack of a harmonious relationship impacted the business. It affected the gross receipts, which were declining as of the date the lawsuit was filed, and uh, the partnership indebtedness was unpaid. And so on July 5th, 1940, the court appointed a receiver to take charge of the partnership business, which has been under the receiver's control and management. Earmark listeners, this will be an appropriate question for the quiz at the end in order to earn your free continuing education credits. A receivership is a court-appointed individual Many accountants make a lot of money as receivers, so recommend getting into the receivership game in order to run someone else's business if they can't do it themselves. So the bowling alley was profitable at the beginning. It started to fall apart because the partners couldn't get along, and so the court had to appoint someone to run it for Owen and Cohen, the comedy duo. Yes. <laughs> this is... This is- this, this breakup sounds like, you know, the unfunny version of Nichols and May and how they broke up or the really bad version of how Abbott and Costello broke up or the really bad version of how Martin and Lewis broke up. All in all, and I'm in a group called Landry and Summers. No, we're in until we're dead. Yeah, I frequently tell people I can only make one partnership work and that's with my spouse because right? that's all the ability that I have. Other people might be able to make two or three work. I can't. So basically, they were fighting from the beginning. Cohen decided that he was going to be the dominant one. And he was, quote, openly hostile toward Owen in front of customers and employees. Remember, Owen was the one who loaned almost $7,000. Cohen wouldn't do any of the manual work. And he's alleged to have appropriated partnership funds for personal use. I know. He's a lovely guy. Mm -hmm. So he was found to have committed breaches of the partnership agreement. Specifically, Cohen wanted to add a gambling room, um, and Owen was against that. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. So how would the gambling room work in a bowling alley? Uh, What what happens? You like, would it be also in conjunction? Would you be betting on someone bowling? Would that be a completely separate thing where there's a casino somewhere like on the side of the bowling alley? What an ass. I think it was, well, it's 1940. I believe they were putting orphans in front of the bowling pins and betting on who you could take yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's like, yeah, how many, you know, how many small cats can you, you know, take out? It sounds like it. It sounds like an early version of the derivatives game that got Waltz in trouble. Yeah. That kind of I mean, works for me. I mean, like, it was Burbank for Christ's sake. I'm buying sake. a piece of that bowler. Have you people been to Burbank? Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. Uh, I just only thing you know it's just the idea that it's just like I just like the idea that there's a you're just betting on bowling. You know, it's like the lowest that. end of sports <laughs> betting ever. Yeah, it's the it's it's like low end, you know, nineteen. You know, it's, yeah. it's like you know, okay, how many? You know, basically, it's like, and I bet that the best bowler will go and get a gutter ball, and right. it's like, and you know, it's like, and I was like, oh yeah, I rigged myself. You know, it's yeah. like I'm throwing right. gutter. Right. Right. Like, I'm putting all my money on Big Louie. 
Big yes. Louie always gets a, always bowls at least a 200. And Big yeah, Louie yeah, yeah, I'm just oh having a bad day. I'm just having yeah, a bad yeah. day. That's yeah, what happened. Yeah. But yeah, talk about but talk yeah. about getting an, an additional revenue stream without any without any additional investment. It's I, just, I, just, I just love someone, you know, some guy walking in with like, you know, a very, you know, old kind of style of Flintstone uh bowl, <laughs> bowling ball. And just some person walking up sounding like uh the dude from eh, I'm giving out wings from It's a Wonderful Life. It's like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Leonard going, Yeah, yeah, come here. Come here. Yeah, um, you've been doing really good, you know. Uh, you've been doing uh, some really good stuff here. Yeah, well, I thank you. Yeah, well, you know, it would be a shame if, you know, you happened to get a strike at some point. What are uh, you talking about? You're not going to make me throw this game. Yeah, I'm in this I'm not, to win it. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that you, you should throw the game. I'm just saying that maybe accidentally one of your family members... <laughs> Will accidentally get hit by one of your bowling balls. That hey. would be a shame, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? What are you trying to say? Well, what this I'm trying means, to say. This game means everything to me. Well, it means everything to me, too. It's my livelihood. It's my family. It's what I do. I'm you, just you, saying. You can't do this to me. You, you can't do this to me. I'm the champ. You know, <laughs> life is a difficult thing. And life will be even more difficult if you don't listen to me. That bowling ball oh. is pretty weighty. Oh. It's uh, yeah. This this is this is my friend Gunther. <laughs> Gunther comes from the old school. He comes from the old school, don't you, Gunther? Hey, balls are heavy. I have the weight of the bowling balls on my shoulders at all times. He also has the weight of the world on his shoulders. You know what I'm saying? And he wants to relieve himself of the weight of his shoulders by putting it directly onto your head, along with your family members' heads. <laughs> Got the wrong man. Gunther. I'm yeah. not going to throw this. What's it called? A match? A bowl? Oh, a bowling <laughs> game? I think it's a game. Bowling game. Bowling game, yeah. But I think if you have a series of games, it's a match it's tournament? A, it's, it's a tournament it's a tournament yeah it's a tournament um as my uh husband's uh mother greta used to say you bowl through the nose you bowl through the nose so you can get the best strike so uh you go i guess she was in the seniors tournament before she passed away so uh yeah uh, bowling's a thing in chicago too it's a big oh yeah thing. yeah and one of my favorite bowling alleys in Los Angeles is not in Burbank, but it's in Hollywood, where they also serve booze because it's so much more fun to have good food and good booze while you're bowling. Absolutely. I think that the, the focus on bowling is just entirely too much on the bowling itself. Yeah, it's, you know, bowling is, is prejunct, you know, it's, it's an afterthought. But mm -hmm. that, ergo, why I think they wanted to have betting there, too, because, you know, you have to really focus on betting. Mm -hmm. So I think we're kind of like leaning towards Cohen, even though he was a troublemaker and was stealing from the partnership. He had good ideas. Yes, he had great ideas. You know, so you know, it's like you know, there's horses outside of the bowling alley. <laughs> you know, yeah. How far? How far can you get down one side of the end of a Burbank Street to another and back? You know, yeah, like horse racing in the middle of Burbank. Uh, yeah. And would it be like? Would it be like a stable situation where, like, okay, so like you when you do horse betting, I'm now riffing on that. Like, you have to, you have the really serious betters 
they would go through the stables and check out the muscles of the horses and see how what shape they're in, right? Could you yeah. like, go like, okay, this this bowler, when he bends over, there's butt cracks. So he may not be on his game today because he's wearing the wrong pants. <laughs> well, like, you you start betting on everything. You know, right. I even forget the horses. You just start betting on everything in the nice. bowling alley. Like, nice. you know, can I bet? Yeah, I bet you uh, fifty dollars that uh, that guy over there can get his big mitts into those three holes <laughs> in the bowling ball. I I I bet you I bet you a hundred dollars that the the uh, pin guy slides accidentally down the <laughs> to get the because this is the forties. Everything right. was pretty much just the bowling pin guys. I I I bet you yeah, and butt cracks. So I, I bet you a dollar that we see half of his butt crack picking up uh, pin seven and pin nine. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Oh, damn. Basically, you and I picture people in the 40s are either in three piece suits or they're like cartoon people who are like, like their feet are like going underneath of them. Well, they're flasher cartoons. It's just like <laughs> Betty, you know, you get Bimbo and then Betty Boop are in the mm -hmm. bowling alley, you know, trying to, and all basically, if it's a 40s, 30s cartoon, all the bowling pins talk. And they bounce Yeah. Okay, you're down to the alley. Yep. Well, needless to say, the bowling alley was steadily losing money because Cohen wasn't going to do any work and was dictating about the gambling and, and Owen had lent the money and was doing all the work. And, um, you know, he was basically getting mocked openly by Cohen in front of all the customers. Oh. And so... Owen said, uh, look, I'm the rich guy here. I'm getting treated badly. I'll, I'll buy you out or you buy me out. Basically the classic, it's a 50-50 partnership. One of us has to buy the other out. Right. And Cohen said, no, he refused to reasonably consider either option, said that the business should be continued until he was ready to sell at the price that he would set. So Owen filed this lawsuit to dissolve the partnership. One of the points here is a procedural point about the law. And this is called a lawsuit in equity. And just for those of you that are real legal nerds, that goes back centuries. There used to be two different court systems, um, the courts of law and the courts of equity. Two different court systems, for one for the black people and one for the white people. I'm sorry, keep going. Everyone was thinking it. Uh, you know everybody was. I wasn't thinking it, but... I oh like to God. say, like to say my internal thoughts out loud. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I do have a copy of um, some uh, books that I've been reading to educate myself about that mm -hmm. topic. But, yeah, I, but I wasn't going there. I wasn't going there in my mind. I, I did because <laughs> I have no internal thoughts anymore. There's just no filter. Oh, I no. love that too. Zero the next one. I yeah. have no internal thoughts anymore. I like that a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, basically, that's the name of my new one woman show. <laughs> no. No, no internal monologue. No internal monologue. You get to hear it all, audience members. That's perfect. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. What What I was referring to. Yes. Neither may or not be correct, but what I was referring to is courts of equity and courts of law. And the courts of equity were kind of like whatever the judge thinks is fair, and the courts of law are applying the law literally. The way in California now, the way the legal system is, is that the judge does both. So equitable actions are basically you ask the judge, do what you think is fair. And law lawsuits are the ones where you have a jury and we tell the jury to apply the law. You would think it would be the other way around. 
One would assume. One would assume it would be the other way around. You collect people from the community and they say, eh, do what you think what is you fair. Think is, yeah. yeah. Do what you think is fair. And Why then would if we you want to apply the law, and you want to apply the law, like here's a complex doctrine of securities right. law. You right. people, you know, Figure you came off the street, you can apply that. Yep. But if we want to just do what's just what's fair, we'll ask a judge because judges know what's fair because they're super in touch with everyone's experience. And they're of uh, high morals. They would they would never and do the wrong thing. They yeah. would never do a Judge Thomas or a court no. Thomas ever. Never, never. No. Because judges are all appointed fairly by a fair system that is totally 100% fair to everybody. And that has carried <laughs> on <Jesus> generationally. <laughs> yeah. Do you hear the irony in my voices, ladies and gentlemen, on this podcast? I do, I do. It's it's yeah. going through pretty clearly. Yeah. 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 So this is being tried to a judge because it is a a partnership dispute is an, an equity action. And what Owen was asking for is basically was asking the judge to dissolve the partnership because he believed it was impossible for the partnership to continue. So he wanted the judge to dissolve the partnership, sell off the assets and give him back his loan. The receiver was appointed kind of while the case is going forward because the business is still running. People are still bowling. They're right. still not gambling because Owen was against it. <laughs> Owen says, you got to dissolve the partnership and this bowling alley business. This oral agreement is untenable and you've got to bring this business to an end, sell the assets and give me back my loan. And the judge said, after the receiver had been appointed, that's what we're going to do. We're going to have a court authorized dissolution. So why do we even care? Think about it for a minute from Cohen's perspective, you know, when you, you basically are splitting the baby, right? The business is the baby. And you're basically saying, you're not going to own the business. You're not going to run That's the business anymore. That's very biblical of you, sir. Mm -hmm. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Well, I sit in equity frequently. Yes. And so, yes, I would say, um, what is his name? Uh, oh, you mean to splitting the baby in half? Uh-huh. What's, is it Samson? It's Samson got his hair cut. He's the one with the hair. Uh, Saul became Paul. Right. Solomon. I Solomon. knew it was a goddamn S. Yeah. Solomon, very, the wisdom of Solomon. To somehow get to a salt lick, but that's neither here nor there. Keep going, sir. And I'm not even religious, and I you know what you hate. Yeah. Well, here's the funny thing. People always say, well, we're going to split the baby, but they don't remember what the reference is. The yeah. point of splitting the baby is that you don't split the baby. Right. You don't. If you split the baby, yeah. you kill the baby. Don't eat the dingoes, baby. Yeah. Right. It's like, it's like, okay, Solomon goes, okay, so here's what we're going to do. Right. You guys can't agree about your baby. We're going to so take we're just it. Gonna we're going to kill it and cut it in half. We're going to cut it in half and you choose which half you want. Yeah. Now, if and, you, excuse me, I have a friend who's living in the belly of a whale. I got to go. Right, right, right. Yeah. Actually, when we were growing up, my dad would always say, he'd say, he'd say, he'd say, all right, you guys can't agree. I bought you one happy meal. To share now, fight. <laughs> yeah, I, I, there won't be any. I won't tolerate any fighting about this. You cut and you choose. Wow, what you a... cut and you choose. So you know. So we're we're in the back seat. And we're like four. And we're like my mom. My mom one just, fry for you. God wise, my mom just used to say, "God don't like ugly, and he ain't too fond of the pretty either." That's the only. <laughs> I'm like, what Bible is that from? <laughs> <laughs> that is the bible of beverly uh, oh, i love it the name of my mom it's the book of beverly this is the book of beverly mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So, so uh, you cut, you choose. That's fine. If you're talking about a happy meal, because the one who cuts, it's going to cut it as close as they can. The one who chooses is going to be like, mm, I'm going to weigh these two halves of this. Right. Uh, right. I want the extra centimeter. Mm, I want that. Ex- I want every, I la- this one has both pickles on it. So I'm going to take that one. <laughs> but when it's, you're talking about a baby, the problem with cutting a baby in half is listeners if you didn't know this, is it's very hard for a baby to survive being bisected. Also, the liver is only going to be on one side of the Mm -hmm. baby. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're thinking down the middle. Yeah, oh, that's a, I'm thinking. I'm thinking horizontally. Yeah, I was gets the legs and someone gets the arms and the brain. Yeah, I didn't. Nobody even thought about diagonally. Yeah, that's it. Diagonal would be better. Diagonal, like, you know, from the right arm to the left toe. Wow. Uh, we're, we're at the same point. If you want to, if you want to dissect the frog and then decide whether it should live, it's probably too late. That's right. That's a very German thought of you, sir. That's yeah. Just, <laughs> this is in the book of Beverly. This is the book of Beverly. <laughs> that, been... that is not even in the book of Beverly. Beverly is basically there's an addendum to that from mm. his book that would basically say, "What the fuck? <laughs> what the frog?" Yeah, what the frog? <laughs> what the frog? Nah, dad. No, this is in the book of Siegfrieds. It's in the book of frog. It's the book of Siegfrieds. Uh huh. The lion version. Mm-hmm. We're allowed to swear, right? As much as you fucking want to. Okay. Okay. This is not for children. It's for law people, which is just like doctors, which are musicians. for accountants. Very pissed off accountants oh by the way accountants we're recording on april 15th although it's 2022 so you have all of easter weekend or passover weekend depending on what you observe if anything you have until monday to mm-hmm. finish everybody else's goddamn finish everybody time. else's shit that they put off mm-hmm. uh-huh. hey, hey accountants who are listening i'm one of the good ones i mm-hmm. i got my taxes back in february Mm-hmm. Hey, accountants, I'm one of the good ones. My accountant puts it on an extension and doesn't even ask me. Hey, friendly accountants, I don't even use you. I just go through TurboTax. Oh, yeah. Actually, TurboTax is the biggest for Intuit is the biggest freaking scam. And, and my pal Blake uh, has been uh, talking about this on uh, on the Twitter and on the Cloud Accounting Podcast, also featured on the Earmark. But, you know, in other countries, in other countries, you don't have to pay for software to uh help you do your taxes that's an america thing that's a that's a wow well because i I have been using TurboTax honestly since its inception (laughs) and the fees just get higher and higher every year every year every year this year we got quite a bit back because i do zero on everything Mm -hmm. um and hans does just enough because i'm an indie contractor as an Mm -hmm. actor and I swear to God, this year it was, they took out of our federal, uh, like $120. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, as much as I'm like, yeah, well, it's better than going to a financial person. And then I turn around, my friend Jeffrey Thompson is an accountant. Uh, Jeff that for those who want to um, use him and wonderful. He charges three times less than mm. tax. He's also the one who helped out with all the 501c3 stuff. I paid him for that. Oh, yeah. Uh, but honestly, me and Hans are too goddamn lazy to, you know, it's easier just to get online and do it. Ergo, ipso facto. 
Mm-hmm. Um, why it's so goddamn expensive? They're basically well, TurboTax is, is is getting what every theater person wants: a captive yeah. audience. <laughs> you're already there. You, your stuff's already pre-filled, right? You've done it like this all the time. Ka-ching! Yep. You know, and that's the thing. Everything, literally, all of our tax, all of our tax ID stuff is in TurboTax. So, literally by yeah. January, it just pops right in. Of course. And it's you know instead of refill, the only thing we refill out is my signature, and that's it. And we have it's actually it's it's very convenient for low end people. Uh, not low end. That's a mean thing to say. I'm a low end person, I guess. But um, for people who have easy taxes, that's probably right. an easier term. Mm-hmm. For easy taxes, TurboTax is great. It's like you work at McDonald's, you just want to go and put some shit in, but then you're spending half your fucking tax returns to go and (laughs) pay for the service for your taxes. So, you know, for people who are super rich, it's also a pain in the ass because you can't just write shit off like, you know, easy. You need to go and do things like if you own real estate and some shit like that. So, $120, $120 that's, that's two full days of McDonald's working. Exactly. Right? So exactly. Horrible. horrible. It's, it's pretty fucking sad. So in in theory, I can see the cons and why your friend, uh, Billy, is complaining up on Twitter, which, you know, tech 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 inuit and, and turbo tax and 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 slide to their dms <laughs> and if intuit would like to be a sponsor of our show please email blake at earmark uh earmark or whatever it is if, Sorry, if, blake, if you want to if if they want to give back if they want to go and give back to a theater company for an owner that's been using them for 10 mm-hmm. motherfucking years ledgetheater.org <laughs> the ledgetheater.org. There you go. That was a journey. Yeah, it was. So the court basically did a Solomon and said, we're going to split this up. We're going to pay back Owen's loan, which is exactly what Owen wanted. The real takeaway here has to do with how do you break up a partnership when you don't want to be partners anymore? And remember that we talked about at the beginning, this was a partnership that was formed by an oral agreement. So they basically on a handshake agreed, hey, you give, you give me $7,000, we'll run the bowling alley together. It's going to be great. And the problem is there were a lot of unspoken expectations. Cohen's expectation was he was going to sit on his ass and make people gamble. And Owen's expectation was like, we're going to do this together. So they started fighting right away because they didn't have a good agreement for the beginning. But when you have a good agreement, usually a good agreement is going to say, how do we split this up if we can't get along? One of the longest sections of most partnership agreements is what do we do? And we decide we don't want to be partners anymore. They didn't have that agreement. They had to go to the court to ask the court to split it up because remember, Owen said, look, I'll buy you out or you buy me out. Well, that's how we'll split it up. And Cohen said, I don't want to split it up, which put (laughs) Owen in a bad spot, right? Either he has to walk away from the business because Cohen is such an unbelievable asshole or it's continuing to work with somebody he couldn't stand. So they had to file a lawsuit to split it up. Cohen even argued to the judge There was no need to split it up. This is just bickering. He says that these are trifling and minor differences and grievances, which involve no permanent mischief. I can absolutely hear that from a friend of mine. Man, this shit is trifling. It is. (laughs) It is. That's exactly what he said. It is trifling. The court says the courts of equity may order the dissolution of a partnership where there are quarrels and disagreement of such a nature and to such an extent that all confidence and cooperation between the parties has been destroyed or 
where one of the partners by his misbehavior materially hinders a proper conduct of the partnership business. There was a bitter antagonistic feeling behind them. They're looking at the Uniform Partnership Act, which is a law basically governing partnerships. And if you don't have an agreement, the law provides some default rules. And the default rules say, if you can't get along as partners, the court's going to split it up. We're going to cut the baby in half. And the court said, you agreed it was your 50-50 partners. You agreed that you had given this loan. The loan was paid down to a certain amount. So you, Owen, you're going to get paid out the profits. And the two of you have to sell the bowling alley. And that is Owen versus Cohen. Wow. Um, if I, if the world was fair, if the world was fair, even from 1940 to literally yesterday, if the world was goddamn fair, Cohen wouldn't have shit. Cohen would lose this thing. And I give it to Owen because you're talking about, you're talking about people who are two people. They basically, according to you, Billy, you said that if it's so irreparable and somebody is not basically doing the Spike Lee, not doing the right thing and just being a basic, you know, horses patootie, um, that wasn't coming from Owen. That was coming from Cohen. You know, may I just stress again, I and I will go and I just come to this decision just on the idea of Martin and Lewis. I just finished watching a documentary on Jerry Lewis and uh and martin and jerry lewis was the horse's patootie he you know to the point where, literally where dean martin finally when they separated away from each other and dissolved their comedy team martin was like look at this point i just see you as dollar signs <laughs> at this point i just see you as dollar signs and and that hurt lewis deeper because that's all he ever cared about. Lewis cared about being in control. He, you know, basically he ended up giving a script to uh, Dean Martin that basically made Dean Martin the patsy. He went after Dean Martin at the end of it through their business of comedy. So for all purposes, it's the same goddamn thing that Cohen was doing to Owen, mm -hmm. making fun of him in front of some bullshit, treating him like he's a patsy. If the world was fair in that final lawsuit, it should have gone to Owen. Mm -hmm. Cohen should have gotten nothing. Cohen should have gotten egg, egg, zero, mm -hmm. zero. But, yeah. you know, the world isn't fair. I could be wrong. I don't think you're wrong. And I think the judge saw that. Part of the thing is to think about this in 1940s dollars. Remember, Owen's getting all of his loan back, which when you go into a business, it's not certain at all that you'll get anything right. back. Right. And they were taking out That's 50 bucks a week each. That's $100 a week. At $100 a week, that would have been five years or something of the salary that Owen was getting all of it. I think the judge recognized that Owen was the one that showed up with the money and ultimately he was rewarded. Cohen would have said, it's not fair. I was the one with the ideas. I was the one who knew how to run the business. I had the idea of the gambling room, for Christ's sake. Yeah, and uh, see how well that went, you jerk. Uh huh. One of the interesting takeaways here is if you're going into business with somebody, you got to you got to sit down and write an agreement in advance and figure out what are we going to do if we can't agree. And by the way, who's going to be the one that sweeps up the bowling alley at night? The one thing I also learned about business, not only do you need to get it on paper, but you really naturally need to like your partner. You need to respect your goddamn partner. If you are coming into it just for the money, then you're fucked. 
um, because I want to speak up for uh, some characters in this story who I think might be getting a bad rap. Mm-hmm. I gotta confess, I'm completely confused between who the fuck is who. Owen Cohen, I don't know. And I gotta be honest, it doesn't really matter to me because I feel this way. It's very easy to be like, oh my God, what an asshole. You know, he wanted, like, I'm not convinced that the person who wanted the dissolution of this agreement isn't just like kind of internalizing some things that might not really be the truth. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's very yeah. easy to look at it and go, the guy who, who you know, put up the money should fairly get his money back. Well, that guy was probably being a dick. That probably was like, you know, probably every single day that guy is reminding the other guy, hey, I put the money into this. You don't get to tell me what to do. I run this shit. And that's making the relationship. Okay, I might be speaking from experience. Yeah. <laughs> I'm channeling that experience because I, I, I feel this. I feel the same way. I mean, we can't. We can't really know. But for me, the idea that they got together in the beginning, and that Cohen or no Owen, that Owen was was willing to to sign a to put a sizable amount of money in it, right, says to me that Cohen didn't necessarily have the idea, but was enthralled by the business idea that Cohen had, and Cohen, um, without like. Let's just make it like without a penny to his name, as it were, right? Just by by the way it's right, set up, right. right? All he had was that bowling alley, and he had to try to make it work. Now, mm-hmm. if he ends up the evening, you said that in sweeping the bowling alley, um, that may be fine to maintain the investment of, of Owen, right? But Cohen wasn't like, we have this thing now. Now we got to figure out what we can do. How, we can, how can we leverage it? Can we put a gambling room in here? Can we do things, right? Can we do can we do things to make this thing to get us to seventy five bu- bucks a week in salary, right? Right. Can we do some things here, um, and then when the judge said that we're splitting it up, that puts that puts Cohen totally back to square one, and I'm and I'm pretty sure he put some money into it, some yeah. or, or he's put energy <laughs> into it. Yeah, he put, he put effort into it because it, it seems from the uh, court case that because he didn't have a, a dime to a pot to piss in and he did have ideas you you know it's it's who do you weigh towards when it comes to a company the artistic artisan side or the financial side it seems to me that cohen was our jerry lewis who had all the ideas yeah i i can and, tell you this in the partnership that i once was a part of we had a an unspoken agreement, which was pretty much that, pardon me, but I was the talent yeah, and the other person was the talker. And we never acknowledged that, but we knew that, like that was the way, that was the only way that it functioned. And if that person had ever, I mean, we didn't have to get a judge to like dissolve our situation, but if it ever like came down to a conversation where we actually admitted those things, it would have gotten heated but it had to exist with us both just playing our roles. And so if the person playing the other role starts to pretend that my role isn't important, right. then we're going to, we're going to fight. You know what I mean? Oh, and I think yeah, that's yeah. what happened here. I totally completely agree. Uh, and the interesting part of it was the, the, the person who did not put the money in just because he was, you know, the talker, it seems. 
uh, he was the one, I mean, it's what I think maybe what it all boils down to exactly what you said, Pia, is respect. Because you're talking about Cohen wasn't giving any damn respect to Owen. And then that was feeling Owen to not give him any respect when it came to that. But we don't know that side of the Owen story. Yeah, we don't know. We know more about and the and here's the irony of this whole damn thing. The thing is, everything that Billy just read, you heard more about what a dick Owen was than how you or than a dick from Cohen because Cohen didn't say or Owen didn't say a goddamn thing. Owen was the one who was out there in front. He was the front man. He was the, he was the guy who was out there, and both of them equally, I think, put in the most work. Um, in one way or another, we don't know the full side really of. Cohen. I really want to know. Oh, oh gosh, I wonder do they if they have relatives that are still alive, like offspring. Mm -hmm. I'd love to get a a firsthand account of like this story. This is Very such, interesting. This is such a Google search because now I'm fast. I'm actually fascinated. This is Billy. This is I've done your show a couple of times. This one. Is interesting. This me. is good. Mm -hmm. We know oh, we that bowling it. alley is still yes, standing. Is I'm, I'm googling bowling alleys in Burbank. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. bowling alley, Cohen and Owen. Because I'm imagining it as being the one that's near the equestrian center in yeah, South yeah, Burbank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's near the, super uh, the old. I think that, that's the one I'm thinking because it's pretty old. It could be that old. I mean, um, a bowling alley has to be old, right? I don't think they were. Yeah, building they're not building them like they used to. Yeah, no, uh, but, it's um, the one in Hollywood. I still, I still, I still think. Yeah, I, yeah. I still think um, the the uh, the dynamic is like that. They they both probably came in with a certain set of expectations, and I think Owen's expectations, writing the check, may have been uh, for Cohen to do the work. Mm -hmm. And then when Cohen wasn't doing, uh, when when Cohen wasn't doing the work, right? By by like uh, it was like, well, he is not pulling his weight. But mm -hmm. um, had Cohen had had Cohen been financing the same position as Owen and had gone in fifty fifty, right? He could have he could have they could have both spent three grand each, right? And then it would have been a completely different dynamic. So now yeah. you have this guy so like, hey, I gave the money, right? Young, now you make it work. And Cohen was very willing all the way to the judge to make it work. Don't split this up. Don't shut this thing down. Yeah. Don't but sell this off. I want to run this thing. But and, and that's the thing. The thing is, once somebody shuts the fuck down out of something and they have that particular kind of personality trait, you and and of course they are the front person talker artisan artist no once you shut down you shut down nothing is gonna work no don't yeah. want to do it anymore nope this is my 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 mind so he's already in that mindset and keep in mind there are different kind of artisans to do this i've been in this situation before with a of something that i created in san francisco um i was kind of the person who did all the work and the other person was the one who basically talked a mean game of ideas that were ridiculous. Um, <laughs> and, and at that point we had someone to mediate in between. We cut the baby in half. We cut the baby in half. And I just went, you know you what? Get the liver? I, I, I got the liver and the heart. Um, I got the liver and the heart. Uh, he got some legs and and a not non-functioning uh, penis. Uh, so uh, 
I, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but that's the thing. And now, and, but that's the thing. The thing was we, we came into it with the, you know, Hey, let's build the barn. And then we ended as like, Hey, let's, let's set the barn on fire. Uh, and the barn is still standing. Um, I, I walked away. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the mindset I have. It's not like, I, I don't want to do this anymore, but I don't want to fuck over anybody else. This is the mindset from different people. It seems to me that Cohen was like, I'm burning this motherfucker down. I'm burning this down. We're going to court. No, I, no, no. Who's the money guy? Owen Owen is the one with the money. Cohen is the one who um, was the defendant. I feel like Owen's jealous. I feel like Owen was jealous of Cohen. I don't, I don't hear. Can I I take a deeper dive into some of the stuff that's in the case real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is pretty interesting. And the more these people start to come to life, the more it's like, I can relate to this, right? Mm -hmm. It's, It's like, um, I think this is an interesting comment by the court. It says most of the complaints that are that are most of the things that are said in the complaint are individually trivial, but in the aggregate, it was basically that the defendant was trying to become the dominant figure and humiliate the plaintiff. In front of employees and customers. Right. And so and so the plaintiff testified that um, the plaintiff being Owen. Owen testified that Cohen wouldn't do any of the work, substantial amount of the work required for the successful operation. He allegedly said, Cohen allegedly said that he, quote, had not worked yet in 47 years and did not intend to start now. See, see, it's all on Cohen. And Cohen said, apparently, allegedly said that Owen, quote, should do whatever manual work he could do on the premises, but he, meaning Cohen, would act as manager and wear the dignity. Oh. Um, and then, never mind. Whoop, whoop. That's what I'm talking about. So Cohen. Never mind. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Owen, no, that's, Owen that's offered good. to buy to buy Cohen out, and Owen said essentially, quote, no. when he was ready to sell, he would set the price himself and it would cost the plaintiff plenty to get rid of him. Uh-huh. And then this guy, this guy is a he is, I think if you look in the Webster's dictionary of douchebag, the mm-hmm. second definition outside of what it's actually used for as a noun mm-hmm. would be that guy's picture as a verb. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he okay, um, but also we have to take into consideration this is after the pain. So like once you've gotten to that part, to the point of the other person has hurt you so much, mm-hmm. then you're, you know what I mean? Like we got, we got Pia fighting for Cohen over here. <laughs> I love it. You're fighting for the, you're fighting for, I mean, you're I feel like the guy. No, we always, we, it's you always know? good to have a, a different a look. There's like another layer to this that I want to kind of that I do want to point out if if it's true that Owen was the money guy, it's very possible that Owen put on a better case. Right. Because you have to remember in a court case, it is like theater in that only the evidence that comes in is on stage. And And the irony of that is sure. Cohen or uh, Owen might have. Uh, had a better case and better presented. But isn't it ironic, don't you think, that Cohen didn't, and he's the front guy and the artisan and the one with the ideas? Mm-hmm. 
maybe it was because of the personality that he presented because we are influenced by how people act mm-hmm. and cohen seems to be it seems to be blustery and just from the case blustery and mm-hmm. kind of obnoxious and he probably came just like jerry lewis blustery yeah. mm-hmm. obnoxious but actually you know cared about a lot of things humiliated by this owen person who thinks that he gets to boss him around because he has all the money all right well let me right. give you one more fact and this or is not i mentioned this i mentioned this um or not in past wait wait wait, wait 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 real quick it sounds to me a little bit so i'm, I'm with i'm with sean on this uh i don't know if obnoxious but it sounds to me like maybe cohen was like an a an, a, a historical adam newman of we Right? Yeah. <laughs> he could set the scene. He had seen the vision. He could see, he could see how it all work, but he's not going to scrub the toilet. He's not going to do the yeah. paperwork. He he's has, not going to pass out shoes. Yeah. He has, he has the vision. Right? And, the and, um, I said, but not like, work in his hands. By the way, why are, are all these fucking douchebags young white guys? Why are they all and fucking young white guys? You said it. I did. Uh-huh. They because, are. I swear Travis Kalanick, fucking yeah, yeah. Mark Zuckerberg. Try they're to, all they're all Yeah, try to back me up. If these if this if these were two brothers who were doing this, how would this end? Oh, very differently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it might involve uh, uh you know what? I I I'm let's let's do that on another podcast. Yeah, let's do that. Do that offline. We'll do that offline. But I will. I'll be the one to just to just outright say it. They're always fucking young white guys. They're like, I'm the idea guy. I'm the visionary. I'm the one that fucking knows everything. And they're just like pounding their chest and like. Look at. They really feel that way. (laughs) They really believe it. I mean, Facebook literally. Facebook was not even Zuckerberg's idea. It was two Mm -hmm. other dudes, Mm -hmm. and then they made a whole movie about this thing. You know, so it's just like you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, well, here's so here's the capper. And I think to me, if I'm the lawyer for Owen, this is what I focus on is that Cohen was stealing from the till. Oh, OK. He he. So there it says that. The oh, dis- those guys are doing- well, yeah, the I constant dissension, that. the constant <laughs> dissension over money affairs culminated. So they're constantly fighting over money. It culminated when defendant was, quote, appropriating small sums from the partnership's funds to his own use without the part- plaintiff's knowledge, approval or consent in justification. So he's just making, basically taking money out of the register. Yeah. In, in justification. Well, they they've earned it, which he has. Mm-hmm. He, 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 he said he didn't even want to work. I love Pia. Pia is like Pia. going down with the ship. She is a zealous <laughs> advocate. She's like, you're, she's like, I will. You are messing up. You are on the Titanic of this podcast. <laughs> I love Pia. Pia is a born defense lawyer. That is what you you do not give up. That's what you don't give up. That's right. He said. Here's what Cohen said. He said he set some aside for Owen every time. He said, he said, uh, <laughs> on each occasion, he set aside a similar amount for Owen. But that where did, the tank. Where that did he go? The tank. 50 50. It was 50 50. Some for me, and then some for you later. I won't tell you about it. <laughs> one for you, one for me, two for me, one for you. It's <laughs> like, yeah. this guy, this guy is a grifter. He's yeah. such a grifter. 
Cohen versus Owen. Um, he it's is like going to be hanging like out her shingle, and she's going to fight. She's going to fight for it. For it. <laughs> I'll it's fight like for you. At church, right? So, <laughs> so uh, that the pastor takes out of the collection plate, right? Mm-hmm. And then, um, how much does God get? Well, at the <laughs> end, when the doors are closed, I throw everything up, and whatever doesn't come back down, God keeps. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Pia, Pia, I, I I really want to see you be the defense attorney for Charles Manson. Uh I just I'm with you. I think there's more subtlety to this. I think there's like I think Cohen was probably frustrated that that um uh everything was supposed to be how Owen wanted it, right? Yeah. And Owen, and Owen wanted Cohen to just Work for Cohen's money. No, sorry. Sorry, no, Owen, sorry, Owen just wanted Cohen to work for Owen's money. Exactly. Um, right. I, I watch too much of the ID channel. I, I, I am I am now on this hill on the other side of Pia's Hill. I'm, well, I'm on top of Pia's Hill and Cohen. Cohen didn't do it. <laughs> I'm, I'm on the hill over on the other side going. I watch the ID channel. Cohen is a psychopath, man. Yeah. Cohen is just like he wants everything for nothing. Cohen wanted to exploit Cohen's good ideas, and like he thought he'd like hired himself a mule by being like, "Oh, great! Don't worry about it, man." So I'm gonna buy us this business. You are gonna be the janitor and the, you know, the the. Um, okay. Set out the pins. You're gonna stand outside with us doing the sign spinning, and you're also gonna, you know, keep the kitchen clean. And meanwhile, then- meanwhile, on Hill Landry, I'm just like Cohen had nothing a pot to fucking piss in. He ended up fighting <laughs> a dumbass. Okay, why did Cohen need him? Why did Owen even need Cohen? Why didn't he just get his own damn bowling alley if he was so good at it? Because he, because, because Cohen convinced Owen. Owen is basically guys like, okay, I'll do it. I got some money. Well, I am Cohen. I am Cohen. I got. I finally found the dumbass of my dreams. He should have bought a, a McDonald's franchise then, if that's the way he looks at. Uh, I guess they didn't exist then. But no. you know, this no, was not, they were just coming into in Illinois. Right. This like, was not the business model for him then, if that's yeah, the way. Not a business model, white guys. That's <laughs> down well, yeah, Cohen got Cohen got duped. You know, I feel and, bad. And Owen, Owen got duped. I, I'm uh, here. I, I just made a flag. It, it has really pretty stitching that says Cohen forever. <laughs> <laughs> it has. It is. It with with a little bit of the American flag behind it, or it, it just says hashtag team. Owen. <laughs> and then and, you know and it, it has like little flowers around it you know like it, and a little dollar sign is like and god don't trust this guy mm-hmm. we really should take a field trip up to the pickwick uh, i think that's a good way. idea i think so too yeah. Do some Russ, uh, that's russ owen and israel cohen izzy russ and izzy um, <laughs> that's their story they should have never gone into partnership together. They should have never done it. Why don't we take a quick break? And then when we come back, you want to do a little bit of improv? I forgot about improving. I thought, <laughs> I thought this was the improv. This is, I thought this so too. is a million times better than anything, any characters we can do at the, the at the juncture. Right. Oh, yeah. That's a great. 
You're that pretty great. Oh, oh, thank you. I want to know more about this app that you're that you're doing. So, um, the 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 long the long and the short of it is that um, uh, we're still finding friends the same way we did in 1980, right? Yes. So it's it's uh, uh, you volunteer. What do you do? What do you work on? Do it at work, uh, church if you're into that, bars if you're into that, right? And I'm not saying one or the other, right? Right. <laughs> Uh, many, many a ostensibly good Christian drinks at a bar. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, my, and so, um, and then um, about 10, 15 years ago, uh, dating apps started taking off. Right. right? And um, uh, they have, they have uh, problems, but many people try to even use that technology to find friends. And basically, I'm, we're focusing on friendship. Uh, millennials and Gen X right now, but it's like basically post-college pre-empty nest, right? Right. Those are the those are the years when we so all get thirty to fifty-five. Yeah, the twenty-five to fifty-five, exactly. Yeah. Those are the years we need friends, but we move for a job, whatever, and then life gets so busy we don't really build friends, right? Everybody, yeah. everybody moves on average every five every five years, right? right. So in your community to find a friend. Um, you basically have two and a half years. You have a two and a half year span for that person. Then that person will move or you will move one, right. one or the other. Right? right. So it's just really hard and it's not good for us to not have friends. And now we have all these technologies that are, um, uh, that are, uh, mechanically taking out, um, personal interaction. Right. Like, like I'm going, it's, it's, it's going so far when you, if you wanted, I just, I just bought a kitchen island. If I wanted a kitchen island 10 years ago, I would have go to the furniture store. Right. Have a conversation with the furniture yeah, person. Yeah, you go to Bed Bath and & Beyond, you have that Whatever, and you do, you do right. all these things. There's a lot of humans involved, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Now I want a kitchen island. Um, five minutes later, I find it just on an Amazon. Amazon or eBay or anything and like when, that. And when it shows up, which is like, to me, it's like the, when it shows up, um, two years ago, I would get a knock on the door, right? I would open the door and I would at least say thank you. And the guy's already walking away. So like, you're welcome. That's but literally, I and and to, to that, here's how that works. Whereas now the Amazon person will come up on my porch, leave it there, take a picture, leave, and I could be sitting right here, and the picture shows up on where it's where it is. I never talk. No, it's exactly right. So so they've engineered every human interaction out, right? Right. So what we're trying to do is build an app um, that is um, no ads, hyper local, meaning everybody you meet on the app, like is we in your area, area, but even even more so. So it's like it's it's so simple. Like right now, I could say it's eleven forty. I really had a great time meeting you on the app as we're meeting right now. Right, there's no texting. It's just it's all video like this. There's no text. It's right. great to meet you. Let's grab lunch. Sure. And you know that I am in walking distance of where you are. Right. You know, if you if I wasn't in walking distance, you wouldn't be able to meet me on the app. Interesting. Oh, that's awesome. When, when can I get on the app and make friends in my neighborhood? Exactly. You yeah. got it. So that's will, that is really what we're focused on. And then so my um my my vision for the app other than the other than the video interaction right um 
there's no texting and the most engaged person other than this, which is already building friendship, right? But right. the most engaged person on the app shall not spend more than five minutes a day on it. There's nothing else to do. It's yeah. like- You can't just sit there and app, 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 app. Basically, app. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try to build cheers onto the phone, right? And knowing full well that if you meet someone on this app, that you, yes, there's gonna, not going to be any hurdle to meet that person in real life because they're right around you. I have, and I, first off, I love it. Now, I'm going to sound like Mr. Wonderful from Shark Tank. Yeah. Because I literally just watched it yesterday because I'm now on Start Engine. You should get on Start Engine with this, by the way, yeah. um, to go and get capital for this. Um, but I ended up watching uh, Mr. Wonderful, who asked some very potent questions on great things, but what's the back end of it or what's the safety precautions for you? I have to ask you. Oh. Yeah, safety precautions. So, for example, they're close you video what would be the safety precautions to make sure that you don't end up getting you know for especially from a woman's perspective um you know getting sexually assaulted or killed you know things like that what what would be the back end of this would people have to go through some kind of security check to get onto the app before so the, the way we have it designed right now, and this may not be the, the perfect way yet, but the way we design right now, you can only get on the app with a LinkedIn profile. So you have to be on LinkedIn. Okay. Uh, LinkedIn has some really spectacular things because- Thank you. Thank you. And, and because also, be, and, and there's like, a, um, the, the longer you've been on LinkedIn, right? And is a, is a steady thing. So there's, there, we have security features there. However, uh, you have to understand this is not a one-on-one. -on -one. So you kind of walk into the local bar, except you're not even in the bar, right? You're still home. But yeah. you walk into the local bar, right? And the people you meet by different... So another thing, this is, he's like getting into the weeds, but another thing is you cannot change your location, uh, but maybe once every three months or whatever, because you can't go to New York and like you open Tinder in New York, right? doesn't matter. You can just go... Yeah. Do anywhere, yeah. Do whatever, do whatever you want to do. I mean, it's like, so here it's like the people you meet, you will by definition run to a Trader Joe's. They're, they're, they're in your community. They're not elsewhere. They're, they're right where you are. And that's, actually, it's that's a little part of the thing. Yeah, and there's no, there's, no, um, there's no pressure to meet at all, right? Okay. Uh, you, can, you can do this forever. It doesn't matter, right? But it is in your community. So you have other community members that are just like, like you would walk into a bar, you walk in there and sometimes they may be four people. Sometimes they may be 26 and then we'll, we'll figure out how to break it down in smaller rooms and that we'll figure out. Yeah. But, but you have like, you have the safety of your home and the knowledge that they're all community members and people will know each other. They will yeah. know like, I, I know Sean, right? Sean is great. Right. So I can say this and Pia just walked in. Right. And then Sean and Pia and Billy would say to uh, or Sean and I and Billy would say to Pia, we'd love to see your face. Can you put the light on a little better? Because we can't really see you. Right. And then and then people are like, oh, yeah, sure. I'll do that or I'll turn around or whatever. And then so it it's very much community. It's like Pia cannot log in um, from Sweden. 
unless or unless we're all in like a, a small we're all in Sweden yeah we're all in, they're, they're all at the same at the same time the only challenge I have and I, it's great they have you on the phone or on the thing right now the only big challenge I have is I love this group that we have here right now very much oh. I would love to meet Sean I already know Billy Right. Billy looks like me. Billy lives in a neighborhood like me. We're both in South. I'm in South Pasadena. Oh, now you're in. You're no longer Pasadena. You're in. Where are you now? In Eagle Rock, Silver Lake. Silver Lake. Silver Lake. Right. So, um, and but for all intents and purposes, right now, we can't just all go to lunch. Did not say that you wanted to meet me. I'm just wondering what's going on with that. <laughs> oh no, no! Sorry. No, no. NPA. No, but that's but that's the thing. Okay. But we can't. All we right. can't just meet. Right. And I have a, the, 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 the problem I have, and this is a problem that Nextdoor ran into, um, although I think they have a very different thought process there, right? Yeah. That I don't want to get the neighborhoods to be insular, right? And right. not have a relationship or a friendship. I can't build it with Pia or Sean because you're not living in my neighborhood. Um, so how do I get, how do I stay hyper-local? But get the diversity in if the diversity is not naturally in my neighborhood. That's like, that's the that's one of the biggest that, challenges. That that would be a chamber of commerce talk. Yeah, I was going to say that's actually what's interesting about that is actually I think there's a higher purpose to what you're trying to accomplish because hyperlocalization and and kind of um, you know neighborhood clickiness and stuff like that are social forces that could be undone and could. You know, there there are obviously historical um, legal things that have happened to cause that to occur. Right. Um, some of it is intentional. Um, a significant part of it's intentional. Like the redlining of the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, and, and there's there's significant reasons why it's that way. And most neighborhoods are not diverse, so it's just exactly uh, right. Um, so so only thing I know is I think it's a great idea. And since we're not on your app, hey, come to K Town. Let's go to let's go to meet love and have a lunch. Will you will you please? You can talk all in German, and Hans can translate the majority of that I don't know. I will definitely do that. I yeah, feel like I cut you off, Billy. And yeah, I will. I, I wherever you are, you are in the. You said like you're in Filipino town. I'm in K town. Oh, but Pia said she's in Filipino town, right? Oh yeah, yes. I'm in historic. I'm in historic Filipino town. I think if you drew a line that ran from north east to southwest, it would go Torsten, Billy, Pia, Sean. Yeah. Okay. All right, welcome to Laying Down the Pretense, the game where I ask questions, all the answers are wrong, and I arbitrarily award points. Today's contestants are Sean, Pia, and Torsten. All right, Pia is a returning champion, most recently having played Laying Down the Pretense. So Pia, the first question is gonna to go to you. Okay. Pia, okay. what is the least sexy name? The least sexy name is Eugene. <laughs> fight me, fight me, fight me. I don't even uh, care if he's a billionaire. The name is not sexy, but yes, I will wed thee. Okay, uh, is Gene okay? Is If it's Eugene is a problem, but is Gene all right? Gene is different, mm -hmm. but I'm. it's still gonna like, it's not sexy. It might not be not sexy, but it is not sexy. 
What do you mean oh. Eugene Levy when he says you got these straight tripping boots? Oh, that's right, <laughs> Eugene Levy. I forgot about him. Uh, oh my God, this is messing up my mind. I'm having to rethink because maybe there's like layers of hotness with Gene. It's like there's like a lay outer. It's like it. Like okay, okay, okay. I'm. I'm, I'm we're all fighting for. We're all fighting for Eugene. You really are, and you you you're winning because because of that one dude with the eyebrow. Um. Okay. <laughs> part of Second City, Toronto. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, okay. Melvin. 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 What about Melvin Douglas? I I don't know about that, Melvin. Oh, okay. Google him. He's okay. Really good. All answer. right. Well, here's what I'm gonna do. We're gonna award you full points on that answer. Okay. Okay. We're gonna do. You get half credit for Gene and half credit for being flexible and coming up with a second name. So full credit. 100 points Woo! to Pia. Starting out strong. I'm in the lead. You can see why she's a returning champion. Right. Sean, what does everyone do that makes them look foolish? Picking their nose in the car while driving. Correct. That is the thing that everyone does that makes them feel full. I don't know. Do you have my show notes today? It's like the quiz show thing where I gave you the answer. That is 100 percent correct. I cribbed them. I cribbed them uh, two That's weeks awesome. ago. Yeah. Okay. All I right. just wanna. I just wanna fight for the nose picker in the car. It's mm -hmm. efficient. So I'm it is efficient. It is. You know. It. It yeah, is. Yeah, everyone can see. It's like you're behind glass. Everyone can see you do it. But you're um, multitasking. Yeah, you're multitasking yeah, multi behind glass in front of everybody. It's like, hey, let me take a shit in the car while I'm at it, too. Well, that's um, different. You know, you know, Pia and Sean, you're like the, um, you remind me of the, you know, in the old cartoon, like the, the, uh, the, 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 remember the, the, I think it's the dog and the fox that fight all day long. We're the Ren and Stimpy of black women. We are the Ren and Stimpy of black women. You're taking like, I'm going to get back to the answer though. The, it's, it's so ingrained in people and it comes so natural The nose picking in the car. Mm -hmm. I've heard many an Uber driver, um, complaining that the moment people get into his Uber car, that they start picking their nose. Yeah, it's like, it's just not cool. Gross. My one of my favorite one of my favorite moments was it's it's an old uh, thing. It's Humphrey Bogart. Humphrey Bogart was literally driving down Hollywood Boulevard, and next to him was uh, literally I'm a Yankee Doodle Dandy. Why? Well, George M. Cohen. No, no, no. The man who played him. Um, uh, oh, um, uh, I'm a Yankee. Yeah, I will remember his name in a minute. But he's driving next to uh, Humphrey Bogart. Humphrey Bogart is a major star, picking his fucking nose in the car, right? So for all, huh? Thank you, James Cagney. That was Jimmy Cagney. Jimmy That's Cagney. Right. There so we Jimmy go. Cagney's driving next to Humphrey Bogart. Humphrey Bogart's picking his fucking nose, and he sent him a poem. There's like you know, uh, even though popular actors um, do the prose proses, um, they're still they're still normal enough to pick their damn noses, <laughs> uh, which is, and it pissed off Humphrey Bogart and Bogart was like, and that's the last time I'm ever gonna pick my nose in the car. Yep, uh, that would do it. Yeah, uh -huh. he's like, you don't awesome. know who, who's seeing you do it, including other major stars who will make fun of you, right. you know, <laughs> at Warner Brothers, you know? That's mm -hmm. all I'm saying. Well, full credit to Sean for the for the, okay. the nose picking. That's correct answer. Very good. And uh, next question goes to Torsten. Torsten, the, the the score is tied with Sean and Pia. 
The pressure's on. Love, man. The pressure's on. I, Try I not it. to let it get to you. I feel it. All right, here's your question. What kind of hat is the best hat? What kind of hat is the best hat? Hair. <laughs> Hair. <laughs> Hair is correct. That's Woo! absolutely correct. I, mean, know, I, I, would, I would say both Sean and Pia are with me on that one, and I was blessed with a good hat. Yeah. See, this is what I don't understand. You're from the country. I didn't understand why you didn't say Hamburg. Hamburg. A Hamburg hat. A Hamburg hat. Oh, yeah. that's a yeah. good. That would have been that would have been a hyper local answer. Yes, and it would. Yeah. He does have a beautiful head of hair. So. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. Really good. You make me blush. What it's is really... up with what is up? I'm officially convinced German men have the best hair. My husband has a beautiful head of hair. You know, mm-hmm. you have a beautiful head of hair. Congratulations. When you, you come up and you there. show up on time, right? Yes. <laughs> the other people don't go, ah! Thank you. That's what we all have it. Thank you. That's why I always show up 30 minutes early for everything so I don't piss off the Germans. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Well, Thank the you. The world is a better place because of that. At the end of round one, we are tied. Tied. Three-way tie. We're going to have to go to a second round, a tiebreaker round. Um, okay. Um, all right. All right. Um, here it is. Um, second round. This is uh, back to you, Pia. Which inanimate object would you wish out of existence? Stay with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got this, girl. Yes, 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 I do. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, this is conditional because there has to be an inventor to replace it with something more efficient. Mm-hmm. Ready. We're ready. Packing tape. Ooh. Packing, ooh, ooh. Not necessarily packing tape, but packing tape dispensers. Like that whole operation just really mm-hmm. sucks with me. Mm-hmm. There needs to that be something else. There needs to be something else. on it, and then it gets mm-hmm. stuck to itself. Yes. I leave it in the car, and then it's stuck to 20 things. I, I, no, I really yeah. think Amazon's actually find, working on this. You can find the front of it. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! Right? You have yeah. to write on it before you put it in the damn dispenser. No, you're right. Amazon has been working on this over time. I don't know if you've been paying attention to your Amazon packaging, but fewer and fewer of them coming in tape. Yes. Fewer and fewer of them coming in tape. Yes. Little pouches. Little bags. Little the boxes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Little boxes that are bags. Yes. Bags indeed. that are boxes. Amazon is on it, and you are correct, Pia. Yay! A hundred points to Pia. Yes. All right. Uh, this is coming to you, Sean. All right. All right, Sean. Imagine a genie gave you three wishes. One of them you would instinctively make and immediately regret. What is it? Hmm. The wish you would immediately make, undeniably, immediately, and then you'd regret. I wish I was 17. <laughs> that is correct. Ooh. That is correct. 
Wishing to be a teenager is exactly what you would think you'd want. That bullshit ever the fuck again. Right, but you would definitely, that would be the wish you would make. That is correct, Sean. That would also come with having a period again. Oh, no. No, 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 no. No, fuck that. Yep, that's right. All right, well, the score is tied. We have 200 Pia, 200 Sean. Pressure's on. Torsten, if you're going to make it to the championship round, you have got to get a perfect score on this question. Here's the question. Which kid's movie is the most emotionally traumatic other than Bambi? <laughs> Good luck, man. Other yeah. than Bambi. Hold on, hold on. I, I want, I want most... just, as much, just as much time as Pia did. Take your time. This is not a, this is not a timed it, it, round. It's, it's, the pressure is right? on. The... Um, the Grinch, the Jim Carrey version. <laughs> I, that is correct. That is emotionally traumatic. You are it is the second most emotionally traumatic kids movie. That is correct. So we have a three-way tie on laying down the pretense. Thank you all for participating. You're all champions. You're all champions. We are the champions, my friend. And we'll keep on trying to the end. That's right. Okay, well, that's been our show. We'll do a little shameless self-promotion. We're going to start with Sean. What's coming from you? Where can people find you on the internet and socials? SeanLandry.com, LetchTheater.org. We have actually shows coming up next month with uh, the Ledge Theater that includes Angel City Improv, uh, which is one of the oldest nonprofits uh, of City of Angels. I'm very excited about that. And also coming up with that are other amazing shows. Uh, that happens Friday at 7 at uh, the Lyric Hyperion in Silver Lake. Um, for me personally, I can't announce it, but I'm very excited soon. I will be all over the place. Hopefully a check mark tick Twitter thing. Um, so super excited about that. And uh, finally, Landry and Summers, we're heading off in September to Nottingham, England to do the Nottingham Improv Festival. Basically, it's been two years waiting. We were supposed to go two years ago. The pandemic hit, we canceled. So from here into Dublin, play in Dublin, then to England, play in England, back to Dublin and hopefully a jaunt to your home country, Germany, to Berlin, to say hello to friends and to improvise. SeanLandry.com, LedgeTheater.org. All right, Torsten, what's coming soon from you and where can people find you? Um, you can, you'll be able to find us in the App Store under Twine. Um, you heard what we are on to, up to before, up until then, root for us. Awesome. Thank you so much. Finally, Pia, what's coming next from you and where can people find you on the internet and social media? Well, let's see. Uh, you can find me on the uh, Instagram at Pia Minsky style. I'll go put some pictures up there. I haven't put pictures up in probably a year, but that's where you can find me. <laughs> um, but otherwise, you know what? I am out of here because I am on my way to Germany to meet some of these dudes with the awesome hair. Yeah, right. I am peacing out by the end of this month. Girl, German men love black women. That's all I'm, I'm saying. I'm getting excited. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much to our guests, Sean, Pia, and Torsten. And I'm your host, Billy D. Clerk. And 
My pants are not optional on Fridays. Thank you very much and goodbye. Thank you. <laughs>